You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning. It is Friday, January 21st. You are listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Lance Glenn. Before we start, I just wanted to let everyone know that the Across the Country with the College Football Daily series is back for a second season. Throughout this offseason, we will be touching on every single Power 5 team, some group of five teams, and maybe even an FCS team here or there. If you miss any episodes, don't worry. We will have all of them for you. You can find them all wherever you get your podcast, or go to Spotify, and we have an Across the Country with the College Football Daily playlist set up with all the episodes compiled there. So yesterday we did LSU. Today we are moving out of the SEC heading to the Big 12 and talking West Virginia. Joining me to discuss the Mountaineers is the publisher of 24-7 Sports West Virginia site, earsports.com, Chris Anderson. Chris, how are we doing? Thanks so much for coming on and giving me some time today. I'm doing just fine. Uh, keep it busy, as you probably heard while you're while you're talking there. Phone's already going off. Got a lot going on up in Morgantown. Yes, definitely. A lot going on everywhere with recruiting. The uh, February signing day, obviously, coming up too. Uh, the offseason getting in full swing. And, and I want to start first and foremost just by asking about the overall pulse of the fan base right now in Morgantown, specifically towards Neil Brown. Now, look, heading into year four, made bowl games the last two years, but it just seems like they're kind of stuck in the middle of the conference, right? Finished fifth both of the last two seasons. What is the feeling around Neil Brown? You know, is the fan base still, I guess, fully on board with him being the guy to kind of bring them to that next level and possibly push towards the top of the conference? Right now, I'd say it's intrigue. I think it was trending the right direction. When he arrived in 2019, uh, West Virginia's scholarship number and situation was was dreadful, low 50s, I think, when he got on campus. So him going five and seven in that 2019 season was actually viewed as kind of a win just based off of how they were with experience and, and overall numbers, new coaching staff, all that. And then going six and four in a COVID-shortened year, going in the right direction. And you know his thing, Neil Brown's thing, his motto is trust the climb. They're making a climb up a mountain. And so if you come in with a, a bad situation and you go five and seven, then you go six and four, you're moving in the right direction. Problem is when you are making a climb, it can take one slip and you're all the way back to the bottom. And it looked like this season was that season. As, as Neil Brown pointed out, you know, after the season when he was kind of reflecting on what was going on, if you would have told WVU fans before the year, you're going to beat Texas, you're going to beat Iowa State, you're going to beat Virginia Tech, fans are probably thinking, so we're playing in the Sugar Bowl? You know, 10 wins? What's going on? And, and it wasn't that. They were 6-6, six and six, some dreadful losses, some ugly offense. And so I think that really soured the fans. And this offseason edition of Graham Harrell, I don't want to say it forgives everything, but the big issue for the first three years of Neil Brown has been there didn't seem to be any change and he didn't want to give up offensive play calling duties. And then in this offseason, he goes on the record saying, I screwed up. I needed to fix this. I'm bringing in a, a guy who has shown a lot of success as an offensive coordinator. Now fans are a little curious, a little hesitant, but excited. And let's get to Graham Harrell. You know, he obviously brought in as offensive coordinator, as you mentioned, held the position the last few years for USC and their old staff uh, under Clay Helton. We all know and obviously remember him back from his days quarterbacking Texas Tech as well and, and how prolific a passer he was. And those offenses, frankly, were obviously under Mike Leach. He's a big name in the profession. What was the reaction like to his arrival? And, and you know, you mentioned change, obviously, with Neil Brown kind of giving up power 
offensively. How big of a change will West Virginia's offense see under Harrell compared to what it was the last few seasons? Well, I think that's what we'll find out in the spring. I'm I'm curious how many changes he'll actually make because regardless of, at least as far as things look right now, he's going to be taking on a, a green quarterback. It's going to be a, a freshman, a redshirt freshman, or a, so- a sophomore that is just hardly played at all. And how much how much of an overhaul can a new offensive coordinator make when those are your three options? I think that's where spring is going to be pretty telling as much as you can tell from spring football. So I don't know how much it's going to drastically tame. They kind of come from the same tree, coaching tree. You know, Neil Brown was at Texas Tech uh, after, I think it was shortly after Harold left, but still under Mike Leach and everybody learning from those guys. So it'll be a similar spread type of offense, but hopefully this this will help with the passing game because that's really where West Virginia has kind of struggled as being efficient as a passing offense. And that's something where Harold kind of excels. And, you know, I mentioned before, obviously, West Virginia's task and their climb to build towards the top of the conference, you know, to get out of that middle and go towards the two, three, four, even the top spot, frankly. When the new look Big 12 really gets going, Texas and Oklahoma, they go to the SEC. Do you think the window of opportunity is there for the Mountaineers to really take that next step in the climb? Because look, while Cincinnati, UCF, Houston, and BYU, they're very good programs. Obviously, Cincinnati in the college football playoff this past season, none of them bring in the talent that Texas and Oklahoma do on a year-in, year-out basis. Would you think the time is then for West Virginia to really push towards that upper echelon of the conference? You know, once the realignment goes through and they don't have to worry anymore about the two recruiting giants in the conference? Yeah, I think if, if the, the answer is if you believe in recruiting rankings, which I personally do, the answer is yes. Because if you look at the last few years when West Virginia's really recruited well, it's it's obviously, in the, as far as the Big 12 Conference goes, Oklahoma and Texas way off up top. And then you kind of have a handful of schools that are, are intermingling there, going jumping ahead of each other, falling behind each other, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, TCU, some little bit to the lesser extent last couple of years, Iowa State as well. But as far as I think it was 2020, The 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022 class, the last four classes, West Virginia is, I believe you average those out, was fourth, maybe fifth, third, fourth, and fifth were essentially all within a point or two of each other. That tells me that if you can do that consistently, if West Virginia can do that consistently, they should be able to compete to be third in the conference. One and two, way off in the distance, way up top, Oklahoma and Texas, they would now be gone. And all the teams coming in, essentially, as far as recruiting rankings go, are in the same boat, maybe less, maybe lower than where West Virginia is. So if you truly believe in recruiting rankings and that, you know, it's Jimmy's and Joe's, not X's and O's kind of thing, then yes, West Virginia will have a window and could be, you know, at the top of the Big 12. And, you know, in regards to recruiting, I was reading the site and what kind of caught my eye was this newly formed Country Roads Trust. You have Arizona Diamondbacks owner Ken Kendrick and former West Virginia Athletic Director Oliver Luck really spearheading it. And it's designed to help Mountaineer student athletes with NIL deals. First and foremost, I think kudos to those running it. I think it's a great idea. But how much of a benefit can something like this be to West Virginia football? Because obviously in recruiting nowadays, building a brand is so important to prospects. Now we see NIL is obviously a big part of that. How big of a help do you think this could lend to the recruiting efforts for Neil Brown and frankly, West Virginia athletics as a a whole? I think for recruiting, it'll certainly help. I think there were a couple instances this, this recruiting cycle where I don't want to say West Virginia got caught with their pants down in the situation, but were caught a little off guard when they were talking to recruits and a recruit essentially looked at them and said, what can you do for me on NIL? And some of the teams, some of the programs at West Virginia were competing against for said recruit 
already had a website up, had a full, you know, basically a PowerPoint presentation laying everything out that they could do to help this kid secure as much money, NIL money as possible, opportunities as possible during their time there. And West Virginia, I don't want to say they were scrambling, they didn't have their pants down, but it wasn't quite as done and and established as it was for these other programs. This helps get West Virginia there. I think this puts them more into a level playing field. I think my big concern is for the athletics as a whole, and this is not just a West Virginia only thing, but there's only a finite amount of money that will be donated from donors, from fans. And this is separate from what's what's called a West Virginia, the Mountaineer Athletic Club, which helps collect money for facilities upgrades, coaches' salaries. Now you're pulling from the fun, potential donors there to put it over here for, let's call it what it is, player salaries. And now you're losing money here, but is it enough over here? And, and I wonder if that's going to kind of slow down facility upgrades and those things because West Virginia doesn't have the funds, doesn't have the donor base, in my opinion, to fully fund both of those at a competitive rate with, with the top tier of college football. So a couple questions left, and I want to hit on the team really quickly. Jared Dagey obviously entered the portal not too long ago, and I think was picked up by Western Kentucky. So he's going, he's heading there. That ensures West Virginia, like you said earlier, will have a new quarterback next season for Graham Harrell to work with after Dagey's been the guy the last two years. What's your early outlook on the position? What one or two guys, or, or I think you mentioned even three guys, do you think are names to watch for West Virginia moving forward? Yeah, it's going to be a three-man race all spring long. The guy with the most experience is Garrett Green, who's going to be a sophomore next year. He appeared as kind of a change of pace, run first type of quarterback, a drive here, a couple of plays there in place of Daigie. You saw the good and the bad with him. He's got a very strong arm. It's not entirely accurate. And, and a big problem with, with Neil from Neil Brown's point of view for him was that too often it was look at the first read and then run look at the first read, run, or don't even look at the first read and run, which is not the way they want to run the offense. But then when he ran, he was very successful. So it's you saw the positives, you saw the negatives. Will Crowder, redshirt, he redshirted this past season, be a redshirt freshman, big, strong arm, taller guy, more of a dual threat than Garrett Green is. Like He doesn't run quite as well as Green, but he throws better. And then there's Nico Marchio, who is the true freshman, just arrived on campus earlier this month. Uh, one of the highest rated recruits or quarterbacks to ever sign with West Virginia. Left-hander, strong arm, good runner. You'll see him compete. I think it's a legitimate, a legitimate race between those three players to be the starting quarterback in the fall. So, Chris, last one for me. Look, obviously, a long way to go. The offseason just beginning, and you obviously just mentioned, and we talked about the quarterback competition uh, ongoing for West Virginia, or that will be going on uh, over this offseason for the Mountaineers. Are there any other team or positional storylines you kind of have your eyes on that could unfold as the offseason progresses and and as we head towards the spring, summer, and then on to next fall? Uh, I'm curious what happens at wide receiver. You know, West Virginia has had this. Same receivers essentially for the last two, three seasons. And they have had their moments. They've had their good the good moments, their bad moments. In 2020, they led the country or were top three, bottom three, however you want to look at it, in drops. This past season, the drop rate was much better, but there was no true kind of alpha receiver. It was a lot of number two guys that did okay. And even though all of them were, you know, still had eligibility, could come back, you saw three guys who started games leave for transfers. And then you saw a couple backups leave. So all of a sudden that wide receiver room is looking kind of bare and they're still looking for that alpha guy. I think when you want a receiver, you need to have that guy that can be your go-to. All right. I don't know if I have a play here, but I'm just going to throw it his direction and let him make a play. 
And West Virginia might have that in Caden Prather, but he was a true freshman last year. And that's a lot to ask of a true freshman to be that guy right away. And he'll be a sophomore, so maybe he can now. But that wide receiver, West Virginia needs playmakers. You know, this is the school of Tavon Austin. This is the school of Stedman Bailey, guys that that could rack up yards, go to the NFL, Kevin White, David Sills, on and on and on. And now it's who, who out of this group is going to go to the NFL? Who out of this group is going to make plays for this offense? And there is no clear answer right now. You can follow him on Twitter at CMAnderson247, the publisher of 24-7 Sports, West Virginia site, earsports.com. Chris, thanks so much, man, for giving me some time. Really appreciate you talking to me today. And thanks for having me on. All right. Remember, we are back with the Across the Country with the College Football Daily Series. This is team number two, only 63 left to go. For Chris Anderson, I am Lance Glenn. Thanks for listening to another episode of the College Football Daily. Have a good weekend, everyone. 